Hi, I'm Richard Mack, and this is the MYB Cast conversations with interesting people who are breaking the barriers and forging the way for new medicine. Are you looking for health, for healing, for vitality? Join MYB Cast to meet people who are leaders in their field and to learn to turn your life around and be the best you can be. So here we are, and this is a continuation of a conversation between Madalena, myself, and a very dear friend, Chara. And Chara, welcome back. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Madalena. So excited for this episode. I am too. And I want to start off with the Soul Path Yoga program. And you said earlier that the program is based on a principle of the month that you work with. What is the principle of the month? And can you share a little bit about how you work with that principle? Thank you for that. And it's perfect because it's the beginning of the year. And so January is our first principle. And that is present moment awareness. And I know we've all heard of being mindful and being more present. And yet so many times we find ourselves lost in our thoughts, rushing through life, And even though we know it as a concept, to actually make it a practice, a daily practice. So in class, we focus on present moment awareness through the poses, through the movements, through the breathing techniques. We take time to pause, which is very rare these days, taking time to pause so that you can feel and you can hear what's going on inside you and around you. And with this foundation of present moment awareness, it makes it so much easier to practice anything else you may be called to practice. And it makes it so much easier to do anything else you may be wanting to do or create in your life. It's really the foundation of everything for me. In my experience, present moment awareness is the starting point. And we begin with deep, full breathing, because that is a gateway to the present moment. So in our last episode, we, you took us through a breathing meditation that was very much about present moment awareness. So for our listeners who missed the previous episode, I would urge you to go back and listen to that episode and go through that meditation with Chara. It was really helpful in understanding what she's going to talk about. Thanks, Madalena. And you may be thinking, well, how could you do present moment awareness for a whole month? Wouldn't that get boring in class? And absolutely not. It's, it's actually enthralling and so exciting because there's different practices. There's different levels of it. So we would start out by just breathing and really getting used to breathing through life, breathing through our thoughts, breathing through our words, breathing through our actions and reactions which has a whole host of benefits. And the breath, as we know, is a gateway to the present moment. So that may be a whole week we spend just doing that. And of course, we would include other things like the asana, the movements, the different breathing techniques and meditation. But in general, that principle would be the foundation and everything would be choreographed around that. 
Then the next week, we may focus on observing, witness consciousness, feeling without judging. And that's a whole practice. You could really spend a whole lifetime on any one of these practices. And then as you get really good with being present, then you can use the present moment as your place of power to start choosing, choosing your thoughts, choosing your words, choosing your actions, the ones that are going to be in alignment with your heart and the ones that are going to support your peace and well-being. So this practice is so empowering on so many levels. Rick and I do a work that the training of which is based almost entirely on present moment awareness, just being present with the person that you're working with and the ever deepening process of learning to be more present. So clearly a month's worth of present moment awareness doesn't seem like too much because there's always more, more presence that we can bring in to each moment. Exactly. And I like to do the practice for the whole month because it takes about a month to integrate it into your consciousness where it's just part of the way you think. So you don't have to try so hard. And then it just becomes natural for you to do that. So Soul Path Yoga, that's done locally in central New Jersey where you teach. Are there remote options for people who don't live in the Bernardsville area of New Jersey? Yes. So in general, I teach the group classes in Bernardsville. And there's also the option that we could work together from anywhere in the country through a Zoom link or something like that. And I understand that Zoom is international as well as global. Yes, we could do something through Zoom. We could work privately that way. And also the Optimal Life and Dream Life programs, we can do them that way as well. It's great that listeners who are inspired by the things that you're sharing can have a way to get to you, even if they're not local to us. Affirmations and positive thinking. I once heard that affirmations don't work because if we have negative beliefs hiding out in our subconscious or unconscious mind, which most of us do have some negative beliefs that we don't even know are there under the surface ruling us, that we have to reprogram those negative thought processes. If we don't get to them, then repeating 20,000 times a day, I am beautiful, I am beautiful, I am beautiful, is not going to undo the negative thing that lies underneath the surface. What are your thoughts on that? And how do you work with that in your programs and your coaching with people? So great question. I am a believer in affirmations, and I'm also a believer in the programming, and they're both really important. So you can reprogram with affirmations, but as you said, it would take a lot of repetition because the subconscious mind is in charge of 90 to 95% of what we believe and what we do. So it takes a lot of repetition to reprogram it that way, just by doing the affirmations. However, there are additional techniques that one can do to speed up that process and to make it more immediate. And that's something we could talk about at some point. It takes a while to go into all of that. But I would encourage anybody to surround themselves and, in a sense, nourish themselves with the messages and the images that are in alignment with their truth and their desires. Is that like what I saw when I was at your house when I was recently visiting with you and I came out of your boy's bathroom 
And I was just so taken with the big kind of canvases hanging in the bathroom with positive messages. And I walked out of that bathroom and I just thought, wow, those little boys, every day that they go to brush their teeth, to take their bath, whatever they're doing, they go in that bathroom and they get a positive message. And how remarkable as a mother to be giving them all of that, even that they get used to seeing it, but that's part of their programming, yeah? Absolutely. That's part of their environment that they're used to. And as parents, we know we can't control everything they see and hear, but we do have some control over the environment that we live in. So yes, I do have positive messages on, in their bathroom, on their mirror, in their room. And then every night before they go to bed, I will give them the same message. And for any parent out there, or maybe anybody who wants to share this message with someone that they care about, I'll say to them every night, I love you bigger than the sky, always, 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 because you're you, and that's all you have to be. And every night I will say, please have a great night's sleep, go to sleep knowing you are blessed, you are anointed, and you are a child of the Most High God. And a parent or a sweetheart could make up their own affirmation, something that is meaningful to them and meaningful to the person they're speaking to, but that's just what I choose to say to my children. And in the meantime, they'll come up with so many funny things that have nothing to do with my affirmations. They're really into, let's just say, bodily functions, bodily sounds. I'll go into these most, you know, amazing thoughts that I'll share with them. And they're amazing. They can speak at a very high level because they're used to talking about this stuff with me. But the funny thing is then usually after they'll say, Mom, I have a question for you. And I get all excited, like it's going to be something, you know, really heart-centered and really deep and profound and enlightened. (laughs) And they'll say, mom, would you rather be in a pit full of killer sharks or snakes (laughs) (laughs) or acid? And I'm like, oh my gosh, did they hear anything I said? (laughs) And sometimes it feels like all my work of these affirmations are for naught. But then there'll be a moment where they'll ask me a question or they'll say something or we'll be discussing something and I will be amazed at their level of understanding and their ability to articulate, as you said, very deep, profound things. And uh, they're only eight and 10 right now. Again, this is probably why I had some anxiety and depression when I was younger, because nobody was sharing these type of thoughts with me at the time. My parents loved me, but they didn't know about conditioning. They didn't know about affirmations. They didn't know about positive messages. And it doesn't mean it's got to be positive all the time. I would say productive is an even better word than positive or aligned. And what I mean by that is what we call mind-heart alignment. So it doesn't mean you've got to be positive, especially if you're not feeling positive, if that's not the truth of how you feel. But you can reframe things to be in alignment with what your truth is. What I mean by that, I can give you an example. Before I understood this and I was teaching yoga full time, I was on a really tight budget. And I remember like a thousand times a day, the thought going through my mind, I can't afford this. I can't afford this. I can't afford this. And when I started learning about all of this conditioning and beliefs and how that really does affect and move in the direction of creating your life, I was shocked at my own inner dialogue. 
And I couldn't go from saying I am broke to I am abundant, I am rich, I am wealthy, I'm opulent, because that didn't feel like the truth yet. It does now, but I had to reframe in a way that was in alignment with my truth. So I started saying, I am capable of creating abundance. I can afford a lot of things. If I'm not able to afford it today, I may be able to afford it tomorrow. Or I can get something like that on my budget. And then I started being in gratitude for everything I could afford, for everything that was present in my life that was supporting me. And that took a little while, but that completely shifted me from poverty consciousness to abundance consciousness. And now feeling abundant is my truth. Took a little time. I think that's a big deal. And I think that that's what that concept of affirmations till you die and not really addressing the issue. You do have to deal with the truth of where you are. And if there's something negative going on or something unpleasant going on, denying it isn't going to make it go away. But as you're saying, reframe it. Yep. We call it mind-heart alignment. This is one of the most powerful techniques I could share with somebody listening. And I'll give you another example because we all want to feel abundant and have enough resources. So that's one. The second is we all want to be healthy and we all want health for ourselves and our families and, and our loved ones in the world. But how many times do we go around saying, oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I feel sick. Oh, I don't want to be sick. Oh, I'm sick of being sick. And the whole focus is on being sick. We need to start reframing that to, you know, my body has healing power. I'm going to focus on health. I'm going to choose things that I know are good for me. I'm going to celebrate any moment that I feel pain-free and I feel well, so that the whole focus starts to be on wellness and well-being. And I know that's a huge part of your mission. The words in your brand, in your title, it's the mind and body Manifesto. connection. Right? And that's, I think, why we get along so well, because Each one of us has tremendous power that we need to start fully utilizing through our thoughts, through our words, and through our actions. And when those three things are aligned with your heart and aligned with what you want, that's a state of being where you have such creative power. I want to go back to the concept of the selfie pioneer that you mentioned in our previous episode. And the self as artist. And it occurs to me that there's got to be a difference between them. And I think that based on your amazing, beautiful images that I have seen in your first book, and I haven't seen your second book, but I have seen some of those images, the reflection that you must do as the artist creating that art, as opposed to someone taking a selfie picture in front of a llama stand or something, I don't know. How do you describe the difference? I would never um, discount regular selfies. I think they're awesome. And I'm a fan of those, too. And I take a lot of those, too. Sorry. Sorry, selfie takers. And you you were not discounting it. But I'm just saying me personally, I love any kind of selfie. And I'm thrilled that people are now at the place where they can feel comfortable creating their own image and not having to rely on a photographer to decide how the image is going to look. I think it's really empowering. So any kind of selfie, I'm I'm all for. However, there is a difference between the ones that are in my book and the ones that are on my camera phone at home. And that is, as Rick mentioned, they are truly from the heart. They are a calling. And most of 
the sacred self-images that I take are because I am compelled to. I will see something. It could be an article of clothing. It could be a location. It could be that something is going on in my life that requires a deep exploration. And my way of doing that is through photography. It speaks a language that goes beyond language. It goes deep into the subconscious. It's symbolic. It's reflective. It's sometimes surreal. It's poetic. And these images are so dear to me because they reflect moments of transformation, moments of awareness, moments of despair, moments, as we described in the last podcast, of being cracked open, raw, vulnerable, not even knowing what is emerging or how I'm going to be transforming. And so the 25 years or maybe longer that I've been doing it, they're actually a map of my soul, which is very different than saying, oh, we had a fun time here in Disney and these are our memories. Those are great too, but the sacred self-images are on a whole different soul level. And I think the word that describes it best is sacred. They are sacred to me. Wow. You know what? You just convinced me that we need to do a third podcast because I want to dive into some of your poetry, dive into some of those images that you go through and the process. Thank you, Chara, for this round, and we'll do one more. My pleasure. Thank you. Be well. <laughs>